And we're live. Yes, we are live. Good Steve, to see you. How man. are you this morning? I'm super duper. I'm actually a little tired, but I feel energized now that I'm with you because you give me energy. So well, same here. And I just uh, off air, we just learned. Uh, I learned how to look as ripped as you. So oh uh, well, thanks. For, I don't know how to respect <laughs> that. Let's get started, Let's and then I'll respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Real Investing Show. I am Taylor Davis, and I am here with the one and only Stephen Earp. How are you? I'm doing super great. So good to see you, man. Good to see you. All right. Uh, so do you want to go ahead and respond to that, or are we just skipping over the... No, I can. If you, I can if you want. So I noticed yesterday, I was working with some colleagues in the last couple of days, and um, what I noticed was when someone compliments me on something like that, or... Um, you know, like compliments me on, I don't know, like you look good, you lost weight or something like that. I don't, I don't handle it very well. You have to I deflect. Know, I don't know what to do with it. No, I don't deflect. But what I do sometimes is I'll just say something outrageous that like shocks everybody and changes the timbre of the room. And like, kind of we need to, we need to start the intro. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, or like, well, if you think my shoulders look great here, you should see with my shirt off, you know? And it's like, oh, that's not awkward, you know? <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, so I'm not very good at receiving compliments, but, but thank you for your kind words. So, well, uh, let's get into talking more about you and, okay. uh, you've got a recent deal that you, uh, that you just, you, you close or you're getting your, you've put on the market. And so yep. we want to dive into the details on this. Sure. Um, and so, so someone can kind of walk through what you just went through. So tell me where's the property, uh, yep. proximate location, uh, and how'd you find the deal? Okay, great. Uh, and for, if you're watching, by the way, let us know who you are and where you're from. And if you have questions or comments about real estate, uh, let us know in, in the comments. So this deal we found, um, this deal we found off of running some Facebook ads. Um, this was a guy in the far southwestern part of Oklahoma City. So the house is on a street called Windscape, Windscape Avenue. And um, it's in kind of a middle class neighborhood and um, almost like a suburban type neighborhood, but it's in Oklahoma City limits. And we found this deal by running Facebook ads that basically said, you know, we'll, we'll make an offer on your home. You know, we buy houses, things like that. Just kind of a generic Facebook ad. And it actually came off of um, like we, we ran ads and we, we, we engaged with this guy and dripped on this guy for like nine months, maybe six months. I mean, it was a long time. And yeah. he like when he reached out to us, it was like December or something. You know, initially, then it, we didn't hear from him in a while. And six months later, he messaged us back through Facebook Messenger and said, do you guys still want? to um, buy houses in my area. And we were like, yes, we do. What's the deal? So, okay. So you run some Facebook ads, you yep. get some leads. And this yep. is where a lot of, and I'm going to go realtors mess up in my opinion, yep. is realtors oftentimes think, and I think real estate investors do the same thing. They think they have a lead problem when right. they really have a nurture problem, right? Like they have a lead follow-up problem. Yes, I guess. When you ran all of these leads, how many leads in the month of December? You were getting dozens, if not 
hundreds. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. On the Facebook ads, maybe a hundred leads. Okay. Maybe a hundred and fifty. And Most so of them were terrible, but yeah. Right. And now you've got to kind of sift through that and you got yeah. to follow up and you continued to follow up long enough that he remembered you top of mind when he was actually ready, which is yeah. half a year later. Yeah. And I, by the way, I, I, I think of this, like, um, think about lead development as a pipeline. You, in the beginning, when you first start doing something, imagine you have a tube. If I had a whiteboard, I would draw this out, but you have a, let's say a PVC pipe, um, and, and you're putting leads in one direction and you're getting out profits in the other direction, but the pipe has holes in it. So at every level of your, of your lead development process, you're losing leads. Like these people don't respond. These people left a bad phone number. These people really want to sell, but they want too much money. These people aren't, um, you know, aren't ready yet. And so you get, you, you lose some of your leads. So the thing is when you first get started in order to make money on the other end, you have to do tons of work. Um, you know, you have to do tons of, put lots of leads in the front of the pipeline. So that you get a couple that pop out the back end where your profit is. Yeah. And what happens is like in the case of this guy, um, you know, with respect to our, uh, you know, with this guy, with respect to our overall lead process, it was like, I mean, it, now we're still getting leads, like good leads, and we're getting deals happen off of leads we ran six months ago, nine months ago. Right. So there's a compounding effect. So in the beginning, it's like you got to you got to hustle real hard to get deals right now. And that's for any kind of sales, by the way. I used to do sales right. training, and it's like if you want to eat this week, you're gonna have to sell something this week. But the longer you're working at sales, the more you get business that you've been following up on for nine months or a year. Right. And I don't yeah. know what the exact number is for uh, real estate investor leads, but I know yeah. for like primary homeowner leads, like on the real, on the realtor side of things, the yeah. average internet lead has a 3% conversion rate with an 18 month average close rate. So like if they're, wow. and when the lead comes in, it's probably about 18 months before they're going to close. Wow. And yeah. So, so there's a nurturing to this. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a year and a half just to start seeing the, the results in a lot yeah. of cases. So, okay. So you got the deal. Yeah. Uh, so he reaches <laughs> out and he says, uh, do you want to buy it? And you said, what was yeah. the next step? Yeah. So the next, the, the first step he was like, he told us, he was like, here's my bottom dollar. I have to have $165,000 cash this month. That's what he said. Okay. And, and we were like, okay, well, we might be interested. We're very interested in looking. We're very interested in talking. And then we just developed a relationship more and we listened to his story. So for one thing, that's very specific. Um, you know, here's his price. He says he's hard on it. Uh, he has to have cash sale, which means there's probably something wrong with the deal. Um, right, right. And it has to be this month. Well, that's all very specific. I mean, that's a very specific buyer that can do that. And then um, so what I did is I just got in the conversation to see what is it that's motivating him? Why does he need to sell? Why does he have to have cash? Why does it have to be right now? Um, we now so, is this is this via text? Is this via phone call or is this in person? It's it was via text, and my goal is to get face to face as quickly as possible. Okay. Now I know that many real estate investors, if they are if they're running with like sales teams and acquisition leaders and stuff like that, maybe they have a different process. Right. For me, in my local area, 
I prefer to get face to face, either me or my daughter or son-in-law um, to get face to face with the person as quickly as possible, because I really want it to be a win-win. I want to be the best solution for them. I want to look in their eyes. I want to see if there's any, what's behind the eyes. Is there any sadness there? Is there any anger there? Are they nervous? Is it really the best deal for them to sell to an investor? Um, you know, or can they just slap a coat of paint on the house and list it on the MLS and make $40,000 more? So plus, I want to, plus I think one of the things that, that you bring to a table that not, I think a lot of people have a perception of what a real estate investor might be and they're not right. always the most trustworthy. Right. right. And then, and then you are coming in and, and you're, you're able to establish trust quickly. Correct. Yes. I can connecting build, with someone. Yeah. But I can build rapport quickly. I, it's a natural, it's kind of natural for me, but it's also learned. Anyone sure. can learn it, but for some people it's easier. You're also 100%. good at that. Like you're also good at that. We do it different ways, but like, I kind of come at it from this like, hey man, I just kind of want the best for you. And, and you know, I live in this area. I've been in this area 47 years. I'm just an old dude. Like here's my phone number and my address. Like you can Google me, you know, it's kind of like, I can't rip you off. I, I because I have my grand, my grandparents grew up here. So right. I, I kind of, you, you, in my, my perspective is you have the good people skills, but you also have kind of a more professional vibe that you put off that causes people to trust you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like the way you engage with people, the way you carry yourself, I feel like is very professional. And so we kind of have a different way of going about it, but uh, building rapport and building rapport quickly is important. Yep. You can learn it. And I think a big key in that is to actually care about people. 100%. To actually care that they do the right thing. Because, you know, in the 1960s, there were these psychologists, like sales and marketing started learning like socio-psychological manipulation from like the 1960s. And so what you have is you had these like Neanderthal uh, sale car, used car dealers that would come out, they would crawl out from the cave with their with their stick and they would hit people and they're like, well, what do we got to do to get you in this deal today? And and then you pretend to leave and then they're like, well, hey, my manager said we can do a one time deal for you. It's only good today. My opinion is all of that is a bunch of crap and people see right through it. People are way more sophisticated now. All they have to do is is search for things online. Yeah. And by the way, those sales tactics, those sleazy sales tactics of socio psychological manipulation and pressuring people into buying things they don't really want. Those sales tactics were so effective that every state in the United States now has laws that protect protect consumers like a like a three day right of rescission on certain type of purchases or things like that. Right. And, right. and so like like the government protects us against those kind of tactics. But a lot of people still want to use them. Honestly, I think the best sales tactics today are to be honest, to be authentic, be vulnerable, be kind, just listen. And if yes. your deal is not the best deal for them, then let them go somewhere else and help them find that. And, and when you have, you know, okay, it it's not the easiest mindset to have that when you're in desperation. Agreed. Right? Yep. But but when you actually gain the mindset of and truly believe this, yeah. Of the more people I help, the more yes. I get what I want. Right. Yes. I can yes. help more people get what they want. <laughs> I'll get yeah. what I want in through that. Then yeah. it becomes genuinely, what are your goals? What are your motivations? Because, okay, so this, okay, I want to get back into this deal. So 165 is what he says. I got to have cash. It's got to be 165. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would go, eh, I, I can't do that. And they would walk away. What did you do? 
Well, we we pulled the comps to look at the value, and we're like, at the time, it looked like max if the house is nice and like fixed, it looked like it might sell for one eighty. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, so there's no margin there for an investor. If we buy it for one sixty five, just listing it with a realtor, we're going to have ten thousand dollars in fees, and so you know, closing costs and all that. And so right. it's like one sixty five doesn't work for any investor on this deal. And so then I started learning. I, I got to know him face to face. And here's here's the story. Dude, dude, dude is a sad story. And I let I let him tell his whole story. I just listened and mirrored. And I was like, I just cared for him. Like I legitimately just gave empathy. Right. Because right. I'm a human being. Like this guy could have been my uncle. And he basically was like, here was his story. He had a chronic illness that he had some like tremors. Um, he, there was a history of some substance challenges with some of his kids. Uh, he had had a tragic divorce. He was retired. He no longer could work and he had kids in and out of his house. He, he did not have the strength of personality to tell them to leave. And they had, he had people in his family that had gone to payday loan places and signed his name and signed him up for like $20,000 of payday loans. So he had- Which we thought yeah. 7% interest rates were high. Payday loans are a little higher. Some of his loans were like 35 to 50%. I don't even know how it's legal, but like like a, like dozens of small loans. And, and it, he had family members doing it. And he just didn't have the emotional fortitude or the mental health ability like- to tell them, number one, this is illegal. Number two, you can't do this anymore. Number three, get out of my house. So like I would go over there and he would have a couple of kids like doing all kinds of stuff in the back room. And it, it's like, um, and, and so, so you get the idea and these, and these loan sharks are calling this poor gentleman like every day. And like, and he's like, I have to get rid of it. I have to get rid of it. I have to get rid of this house. I have to get out of this house. And I don't know what to do with these kids. And they're, I'm going to get in trouble. And the, and the police come here sometimes and da, 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 all this stuff. And so I was he like, really didn't need 165,000 cash. What he needed was a opportunity. Like he needed to pay off these loans. Yep. And he really wanted to not have the house anymore as a way to kind of force him to do what he probably wanted to do. Anyhow, he needed to get his kids off of his back and out of his house. He needed a new place to live. He needed his debts paid off. And he needed someone immediately to call his debtors and get them off his back. So that that's what and I, that's what I got to the bottom of. I said, so what you need, if I could do today, if I could get all of your debtors off your back, if I could figure out a solution where you didn't have these people coming in and out of your house all the time, and if I could get you in a new place, that's really what you want. And if I could do that, you would do that today or soon or would you need to think about it right he said if you could do that i would do it today and i said well i need to put some numbers together and come back to you okay and how'd you do and it so here's what i did i usually make three offers when i'm offering someone a deal on a house and i offered him three offers this way and every offer works great for me but it gave, gives him offers and, and then I tell him what his other options are. I said, number one, um, if you can fix the house, the house did need, it, it needed a lot, but it needed cosmetic. It needed a lot, but it needed a lot cosmetic. Right. The bones were there. The roof was good. 
Heat and Air was good. But like, um, we probably had an exterminator come out six different times because of the bugs. Yep. Okay. I can smell that house right now. Yep. But like, so, you know, so, so it was a, for us, it was a $20,000 rehab. For someone else, it was probably 40. You get me? Right. right. But so I said, so here are my options. I said, for one thing, if you can do the painting, if you can do the cleaning, if you can kick these kids out of here, um, you can put it on the market and you'll probably make forty to $50,000 more on this house than right. selling it to someone like me. I can, I can introduce you to a realtor. We work with some great realtors in the area. They can list it. The market is real hot right now. You can, you can sell it on the market, but it's going to cost you probably this amount of money and you're going to have to do this kind of work. Um, and, and here's a list of the things that you should do. And he genuinely did. So this is, this is, I want to pause real quick. This is where a lot of my real estate, my realtor colleagues mm-hmm. um, don't understand is they think that investors oftentimes take advantage of people mm-hmm. when in actuality, that's not what he wanted. Yes, he could have gotten more money. Yes, he could have gone on market and ended up more money in his pocket. But that doesn't solve the problem that he really needs fixed. He needs the loan sharks off his back. He needs some cash today. And he wants to be walk away from this as soon as possible. Yes. That's a very different goal. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was stressing so hard. You could see it in his face. You could see it in his eyes. And he even teared up when like I was sitting there. And realize this is a guy who's been worn out, drug out, and he would get calls from these. And you know these loan shark places, bro, when they get on your phone, they, they don't play around. They treat you like trash. Yeah. And like this guy, he was just broken down. And so um, so we I told him, here are your options with a realtor. And then I said, if I buy it, I'm going to have to make money on it. And I'm going to have to make a lot of money on it. Right. And right. I said, so uh, option number one, if we, if we buy this for cash, um, I think I told him we'd give him like a um, hundred and maybe a hundred thousand. I don't remember. It was not, it was low, 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 all yeah. cash, close quick. Yeah. All Most cash, convenient, close quick. least yeah. amount of money. Yeah. Least amount of money for because me. It costs I, you, yeah. You're liquid or you've got to be able to tap into your money. Anyway. Okay. Continue. Yeah. I'm taking all my cash and putting it in the, the deal right. is what are you doing? So it was like, and he owed about 80 on the house, you know? So it may have been, we may have even offered him 95. Like I don't, it was somewhere like that. The next offer I offered him, I said, option number two is I will take over your payments on the house. We call this a subject to taking the property subject to you you deed the property over to us. um, And we can talk about subject to more at another show, maybe, or sometime, Uh, or if you want to go there now we can, but uh, we could take the, you deed the property over to us. I will make the payments on the property. I will take care of all of your loan sharks. We will talk to them. You sign a power of attorney. We will talk to them. We will send them like letters, legal letters that they cannot contact you again. We will pay off all of those debts. We will negotiate them down or we will pay them off. Um, and when you move out, we'll give you $10,000. Um, and, 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 and during this time, we, you know, we're making the pay. So we move you out and then we're working on the house doing the rehab while the loan is still in your name. And then we'll put it on the market. I said, option number three, give me five years with the house and I will take over the payments and over the five years, I'll pay you $30,000. 
So like, in other words, I gave him three options and I said, I, I will do any of these options you want. Um, and um, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. What I'm saying? So, so <laughs> we'll do a, let's do a real quick cap on, or, and we can dive deeper into this, but with a subject to, yeah. What that means is it's you're buying it subject to the existing mortgage. Yes. And so a lot of people that don't understand how this works feel like this has to be illegal or, or unscrupulous. And it's really not. What you're doing is because you're notifying him of how this is going to work. He's still on the loan. Mm -hmm. um, he's still, I mean, at the end of the day, he still has a responsibility to that loan yet you're making a commitment to him that you're going to take over those payments mm -hmm. and uh, you move the, the property from, from whatever it is currently deeded into, into a trust. Mm -hmm. And then that trust sets you up as the trustee. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's the kind of, I mean, we can go in a, on another episode, dive a little yeah. deeper into what, how you structure that. Yeah. So, and this is the option he chose, correct? Was the short term. He chose the short term. So what we did is we, we dealt with all of his debtors, which took a lot of work, but we got him way down. In other words, we beat him up. We were like, yeah. I, I mean, I sent him notes. I was like, Hey, listen, he, you guys have been calling this guy. Let me tell you what's going on with him. He's got this happening, this happening, this happening, this happening. He's eventually going to have to file bankruptcy. And so I'm going to, I'm going to offer you 20, 20 cents on the dollar on his debts. And, but you have to stop contacting him right now. Like we dealt, but we dealt with like 20 or 30 like that. Yeah. And so the, the amount he owed, he probably owed $22,000 in those loan shark things. And then we got him down to like 10 or 11,000. Okay. Um, so you yeah. take over the loan, you pay him 10 grand, you pay $10,000 or 10 or $11,000 in, in his debts. Yeah. So you've got 105 maybe? Is that in it, yeah. In probably it? 105 in it at that point. And then we, uh, and we also, by the way, like he had no money. Like, so we helped him move. We hired movers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we you bought problem solved everything that he wanted problem yeah. solved. And yeah. he got exactly what he wanted we, while you got equity. Yeah. We helped him find an apartment that he would qualify for. Like, and so- um, so we get the deal and we're in it for 105, 110, something like that. we probably put after that, we probably put 20,000 in it. Okay. 20, okay. For a rehab, it was, we put some sweat equity into it. Um, like my daughter and son-in-law actually did some of the work themselves. Um, and my, my new wife and I did the landscaping ourselves because she likes it. And we, we did like staged landscaping, you know? So now, I noticed cool. you just said y'all did the landscaping because she likes it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I may have a little bit of sunburn and a little uh, sore back from that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you put $20,000 in it and, and give me a real quick kind of, what did you do? Uh, so this is a, th a three bedroom, two bath, yeah. two car garage, mm -hmm. kind of standard yeah. home yep. built in like the nine eighties, eighties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's 1500 square feet, I think. Um, yeah. So we, uh, we had to replace one interior door, replace all the carpet, uh, put new tile or an entryway. We, we updated 
um, a new design on the fireplace so it wouldn't look like it was from the 1980s, but that that cost almost nothing. You know what I mean? Right. We did new, new countertops. The things that cost big money were new countertops. We put granite countertops everywhere. It was either quartz or granite. I don't remember. Okay. Um, we uh, we did, you know, the car, the floors, you know, is a high expense. We removed the popcorn ceilings. Okay. We retextured the ceilings. We painted the whole thing and we did all those minor things. And we replaced the cabinet doors. Ah, uh, that's a great yeah. hack. Yeah. It looks like brand new cabinets, but yeah. you kept the boxes and you only had the expense of the doors. Oh my gosh. Cabinet doors are so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. Um, we also, you, what, what kind of flooring did you go with? We went with carpet throughout. Okay. Um, but we kept the tile that was in the kitchen. We put ceramic, we put tile in the entryway and tile in the bathrooms. Okay. And in one of the bathrooms, we, uh, we use an epoxy paint on, instead of tearing the bathroom out, we use an epoxy paint on the walls, on the tile, on the tile. And it was okay. like beautiful and hardcore, like super solid. Yep. So yep. Um, yeah, I think we may have replaced a couple of toilets, but that was, yeah. And then we did a little bit of landscaping outside. We, we, I mean, we spent $500 on landscaping and six of my hours, you see what I'm saying? Right. Like, and you know, and I need more exercise anyway. So the, and honestly, the landscaping is people focus on a lot of expensive things. Mm -hmm. Landscaping is one of the highest dollar for dollar returns you can get. Yeah. Um, I think on average, it's about $4 for every dollar you spend is what they say that you'll get a return on because curb appeal is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. Um, okay. So you do this rehab. Yeah. Now what? Okay. Then uh, Tuesday morning, we, we got a referral from a good realtor friend of ours named Taylor Davis to take professional photography, to take professional photos um, because professional photos is worth it. And, 100%. and then I thought for five minutes that I might for sale by owner it. And then I thought I'm not doing that. I do not want to deal with this house anymore. And so I called Taylor, I called you and I said, man, can you please list this house for me real fast? And yep. you said, yes. So, yeah. And now, now we're kind of like the balls in, in your court a little more. Yep. And what I do, here's how I work with realtors. So you guys realize, and I've bought, I've bought and sold maybe hundreds of houses. If you count, if you count wholesales, I've done hundreds of houses. Sure. And I bought and sold like, and held, I don't know. A, dozens and dozens, dozens and dozens. dozens and dozens. Yeah. But when I go to list something, I want to find a realtor that is a professional I prefer that they also are investors, someone that is high performing, someone that is getting deals done. I, I don't want someone that sells four houses a year. I want no, someone no. that sells four houses a month or 10 houses a month. Like I want someone who's like closing on deals all the time. And when you find that person, like I want to, I want to trust what they, what they say. So here's the way the conversation went with Taylor. So I got a hold of my realtor, Taylor Davis. And he said, what are the details on the house? And he said, how much do you want to list the house for? And I said, listen, bro, I trust you. I would trust you with my money, with my kids, with my wife. You're a pro. You tell me I want to sell the deal. I want to make as much as I can. I think it's probably worth 185, you know, 180, 185, 190, maybe 
I'm not sure about that, but I need you and your team to tell me if there's anything I missed on the place, if there's anything I need to change and what I need to list it at and when I need to. So that's what I did. So. Yeah. I, Cause you called me on a Tuesday and you said, um, you said, you know, I want to list this thing as fast as possible. My advice came back as, Hey, let's do it coming soon. And we're going to list on a Friday. Um, yeah. and, and there's like, so when you find a, a realtor that really knows their market and knows how to sell mm -hmm. houses, yeah. they know little things. And it's, it, mm -hmm. I will say this, the difference between a average realtor and a great realtor is nothing major. It's a lot of little things. Right. It's just a lot of these little details that's like, well, if you list it on a Tuesday yeah. versus listing it on a Friday, yeah. you're going to be several days on market before the majority of people are able to go see it and before mm. you're going to get the biggest wave. So yeah. I would rather do a coming soon where we're yeah. kind of teasing people with it. And then on Friday, we launch it. It's like, okay, now you can come. And then we've got, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the goal would be you've got in a market like today, goal would be to try to get multiple offers. If, if you don't, then we do a price adjustment and you do it quickly because yeah. you don't want to wait too long. And right. so like you, and you look at, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people do when they're pricing yeah. is they look at past sales. And that is important. That is an important piece because that's how you're going to look at it from the appraisal perspective. But a buyer doesn't care what something sold for six months ago. A mm -hmm. buyer cares about what they can get. What is the best thing I can get on the market right now with the money I have, right? Yeah. Um, and so they look at it through the perspective of what's available on the market. So right. if your agent is just pulling sold comps, whether right. it's an appreciating market or a depreciating market, they're missing. Right. Because I remember when I got in this business in 2008, I could look at comps from six months back and go, hey, it's worth 100,000. But then mm -hmm. I have to look at the comps now and go, well, it's only worth 95, you know. And mm -hmm. so you have to look at what is out there. And, you know, I like on this, I pulled one of the reasons is it's actually kind of a stretch for the neighborhood. We're, we're talking about doing 189.9. Yeah. And uh, it's a little bit of a stretch if you look at past comps in the neighborhood. Yet, if you zoom out two miles and you have $200,000 to buy a home, there are two other houses that are comparable to it. And this is bigger and, and uh, than, or bigger than one and nicer than another. So mm. in either way, I, yeah. I'm at the top in that area. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, always, if, you're, if your realtor comes out with a cell phone, mm. it's time to get a different realtor. Like if they're coming out to take pictures with a cell phone, mm. I professional photos you're paying a professional make sure they're paying a professional because professional photos will will drastically shift the amount of money you get because you're building a perceived value and yeah. people people usually don't although nowadays they are starting to usually people uh -huh. don't buy online but they'll uh -huh. absolutely eliminate online yeah and my job as the listing agent is to get as many people through the door as possible yeah. so so if you want to, if you just for proof of concept on that, just go to Zillow and just scroll through some areas and you'll see like there are some house listings that it's like, it looks like they literally took the picture off the county website or off of like Google Maps or something. And it's like, yeah. really? I, you can't see anything? And I've yeah. seen, I've seen them in the MLS because I, I get alerts every day for new listings. And I kind of mm -hmm. click through to kind of to stay up to market. I don't know how many times I've seen it where 
It's inside. They're inside the car. The car is probably moving a little bit because it's blurry. And like on the edge of the photo, you see like part of their door, their yeah. car door. I'm like, yeah. you couldn't even get out of your car. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, not. Yeah. That's not all saying. realtors, not all realtors are equal and, yeah. and not. Yeah. And so that's why, honestly, for a long time, I didn't deal with realtors much at all. I had a bad taste in my mouth some, but if you find the right ones that are doing the, doing enough volume, like you don't, you want, you get good at something by practicing, yeah. but if somebody only lists three houses a year, how good can they be? Right, like, right. and so, uh, so anyway, yeah, that's what we, that's what we did. So some good insight from you on, on listing. So also you tell me about this. Let me tell you what I, so we also staged the house. Yep. Um, and, stage, uh, all right. Interesting statistic. This comes yeah. from the book shift. It's a little, it's a little bit older. It's about a 10 year old stat, yeah. but a stat on a well-staged home will sell 50% faster and 17% closer to listing price. Wow. Interesting. How now say those again, a stage, a well-staged home sells 50% faster and 17% closer to listing price. That's awesome. So stage. And then we, we actually stage the outside too. And tell me what you think about this. We put in, some fall plants because that's what it is right now. So we yep. we put in like what's what's gonna look nice right now. Yeah, we have no idea. And I I I installed a very inexpensive watering system with a timer so they wouldn't die because the weather here in Oklahoma is still like either really hot or really cold. And we used some huge large pots like sitting on the front porch and at the edge of the driveway. Yeah. Our plan is, if this is not too shady, and I have never done this before, our plan is to take them to the next house. The pots? Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely a personal property. It's not real property at all. Okay, so, well, then that's a hack. You get to take that. Yeah, that's absolutely. A hack. That's a hack then, because instead of planting your mums in the ground, you can plant your mums in those ginormous pots and just take them with you. So absolutely. That's what we did. But it, but it looks good. Those pots look good from the street. And that's the thing about flower beds and stuff like that. Some plants are real low to the ground. So you either need to build up your flower beds so they show from the street or you have big pots. And we use those like three foot tall pots. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So anyway, I hope that'll it looks look good. great. And, and uh, sometimes just like if you're an investor and you don't have the money to do a full stage, like yeah. do a soft stage. Soft staging is um the you know you'll you'll decorate the mantle you may put a photo or a mirror up there and some greenery you're going to decorate the bathrooms you're going to have like the rolled towels and some greenery in the bathroom uh, yeah. maybe a candle you're you're going to in the kitchen you're going to have a cookbook out maybe some place mat set up yeah. if it's like got a little island or something just yeah. these little touches that give a little bit of warmth Mm -hmm. Um, because when you, when your eye has nothing to be drawn to as yeah. these pieces can do, yeah. then it's only, it's always looking for the imperfections and no house is perfect. Like yeah. I walk through new construction all the time and you'll see all of the imperfections cause there's nothing distracting you from it. Once a house is furnished, it's very easy to not yeah. think about all these little imperfections. So, yeah, well, that's, really ours weird. is probably like uh, midway between a soft, you know, like one bed, we we do have like a fake bed in one room. There are ways you can hack your way. Just just do a YouTube search on cheap ways to stage a house, and there are all kinds of things you do. I could just say this: don't sit on the bed there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> may or may not be a real bed. So, um, but it looks really good. So, so anyway, 
Great stuff. Thanks Great for helping stuff. us on the house. Hey, thanks for walking us through that deal, man. Yeah, maybe when the when the deal sells, uh, maybe we could do another episode and you could talk about how offers came in and how you negotiated it as our professional realtor and all that stuff. Absolutely. Thought. And then I can tell you, I can show you the check. Here, we made this much money. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for asking, asking me all about this. Thank you guys for watching The Real Investing Show. We talk about uh, all things real estate and investing in real estate. So if you have questions about real estate, please reach out to me or reach out to Taylor. If you're looking to list a property, I I definitely I use Taylor Davis's team out of Norman, Oklahoma. And if not, even if you're out of this area, he can help you find the right uh, realtor for you in another area. So I recommend 100%. you reach out. But please like, comment and share this video or this podcast wherever you're listening and uh, let your friends know about it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, Taylor, good to see you, my man. Good to see you. Thanks, guys. Bye.